Good evening, planet Earth. Good evening to the tribe people that wander the beaches of Hawaii looking for that last Waikiki romance. Good evening to the Eskimos canoeing through the canals of Erebus looking for the lost squid and the lost eel. Good evening to the travelers on the lonesome highways, highways covered in gumbus, highways covered in pain. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, December the 1st. Yes, indeed, it's Wednesday, December the 1st, 2021. This is your good friend Dan, on the run from Cocaine Cowboys, searching the seven seas for that lost disease, that figurative wonder, the splendor of the jungle mystery. I know you're out there, baby. And I know what you're looking for. And this is your good friend, Dan. And it is Wednesday, December the 1st, 2021, right around almost 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time here in the fantastical state of Utah. I haven't done a podcast in a while, um, well, not for more than a week, about a week or so. The main reason is that my website was taken down, um, not with any authorization, not by any rule of law. My website was taken down, my prepaid fees stolen, um, more or less a big portion of my work, thousands of hours of work, just flushed down the toilet by GoDaddy and its amazing CEO, Aman Bhutani. Make sure you keep him in your prayers. Yeah, I basically got ripped off. I would I would even coin the phrase, if it doesn't exist, or the concept, I was digitally raped. And that kind of digital assault is bullshit. But it is what happens in a crooked economy. It is what happens in a neo-Stalinist hellhole. There, there is no freedom of speech. Not really. And maybe there never was, but if someone tells you there is today, they're, yeah, they're lying to you. They're deceiving you. They might be deluded themselves, but they're taking their delusion and spreading it, which is really the actual disease, the actual pandemic, the, the spreading of these mind viruses. 
So I hadn't done a podcast in a number of days, and I haven't really been in the mood. I tried to do one the other day, and I was too angry. I got angry, and I got angrier, thinking about all the stuff going on. It's not just that my money was stolen by GoDaddy. And again, if you want to say GoDaddy sucks, so you should have known, this stuff follows me around the web, okay? I, I, I might be the unluckiest person in the world, but I think it's more likely that no matter where I go, I get stepped on. And I don't think I'm special, brothers and sisters. I think there are millions of Americans, probably many Americans, you might know a few yourself, who have digital presences online, on Facebook, on Twitter, on whatever medium, including their websites, and they get stepped on. And why do they get stepped on? For the typical reason that happens in sideways, police state, low-rent, redneck, carny, carnival ride, rickety, rusty, roller coaster, shithole dystopias. The reason why they get stepped on is because the system doesn't like the message. And who knows what the message is? My principal message for many months now is that you're being lied to. I don't know why they're lying to you. I don't know why they're conducting military psychological warfare operations against you. But they are, okay? And they're doing it in such a way that it looks haphazard. It looks a little bit ridiculous. And it is surprising that people don't see through it, given how haphazard and ridiculous it is. But people are not really seeing through it. At least there's no evidence that I have that they're seeing far enough. Um, it's no accident that they want you to wear a mask. It's no accident that they want you to socially distance. It is no accident that they don't want you to hang out with family and friends on the holiday season. It is no accident. Okay, if people started talking about the truth, the truth about whether or not they got the vaccination, because I think those numbers are some kind of propaganda. I don't know how many foolish Americans took whatever junk Big Pharma offered them, but I'm certain many Americans said this is ridiculous bullshit and I'm going to have nothing to do with it. So one of the topics of conversation over Christmas might be, did you get the jab? Did you get the booster? What do you think about the monkey herpes? And the general perspective might be, well, my friend Bob killed himself. My sister, you know, uh, my sister, whatever, um, Angelina or something, I don't know. My sister Stefina, she overdosed. I have an uncle whose business went broke. He's homeless now. These are the topics. They'll talk about the real effect of the lie. They'll talk about the fact that millions of lives have been destroyed and that damage hasn't even, I don't know how to put this, the party has just started. I mean, if you think that what you've experienced is the end of this thing, I'm sorry, I'm probably not going to pump you up. It's not. You know, it's not. They have been lying to you, and the reason why they're lying to you, best case scenario, best case scenario is that we're going through the collapse of the dollar empire. And yeah, that's a messy collapse when you consider all the trillions upon trillions of dollars floating around out there. Much of it might be trapped in 
various credit default swaps, derivatives. Much of it might be trapped in insurance contracts. Much of it might be trapped in, you know, crypto and the stock market and all kinds of weird property schemes and REITs. But sooner or later, all those little dollars are going to come screaming into the marketplace for things like food, water, shelter. And why? Because I don't know how to put this magical digital little kitties. You need food, you need water, and you need shelter. And if you want to add a fourth thing, you need air you can breathe. You need all of those things. You don't need some of those things. You don't need one of those things. You need all of them, especially if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, in the higher latitudes. You need them. You need shelter. You can't really sleep when it's freezing outside. You can, I mean, you can have camping gear, but the point is that's shelter also. You need shelter. Which is also one of the reasons why you don't build shelter into a casino scheme. But that's what, you know, this rinky-dink empire did in the last 30, 40 years, didn't they? The Fannie Freddie housing bubble casino scheme. And then the dumb motherfuckers of Seattle and San Francisco. Well, why do we have homeless people? Of course, in the next statement, they'll tell you about the bungalow they just transformed from a garage with a broken foundation. It's now a bungalow worth $1.5 million. But why are there homeless people? Of course, the banks are sitting on probably three to four homes for every one homeless person in the country. But why are there so many homeless people? It's the drugs. You are mistaking effect for cause, brothers and sisters. If you think it's the drugs that causes the homelessness or that the homelessness sort of breed and, and it's like a South Park episode, if you give them money, they simply divide and split and go through some sort of mitosis or whatever. No. The homeless are a symptom. You may not want to dig deeper than that. That's your commie problem, commie. If you get the Fannie Freddie money to keep your rinky-dink economics afloat, then you need to shut the fuck up about homeless people. Is my humble fuck? Yeah, it's my simple fucking opinion. Shut the fuck up. So I don't know how long. And also, this podcast is now being hosted by Anchor, Anchor.fm, and it gets also, you know, put on Spotify. I don't know how long that'll last. I didn't really want to spend a lot of time on it at the start of the podcast because I didn't want to get into a really shitty mood, but I truly don't know how long it will be until this platform kicks me off. My guess is when the little report screen dashboard tells me that I have more than 200 unique followers or unique listeners, my guess is that's when they start throttling. And if I ever do spike above 300, which pretty much is not allowed to happen, that's probably when I get banned. And if these were real problems to be concerned about, I don't know. I would be, but I'm not. And, and the main reason I'm not is because these aren't real problems in the future. They are, and they're not even real problems right now. I enjoy podcasting. 
I enjoy writing. There's things I enjoy doing. And like you, if you're out there, you should do the things you enjoy while you can. Maslow's hierarchy can tell you a lot about where your priorities will be very, very fucking soon. And it won't be about podcasts or YouTube channels or TikTok or any kind of voter bullshit. It will be about survival, basic survival. And I don't have any fantasies, brothers and sisters. I figured this shit out in 20 fucking 15. The likelihood that I would survive the first nine months after shit really falls apart and we ain't there yet, the likelihood I would survive, I felt, was pretty fucking low. So the best strategy I could go through, the best process for me, given that I didn't have any kids, that I was recently divorced, was to figure out how to enjoy every fucking day I could until this shit show came to an end. Because it's inevitable. If someone tells you cities can't fall, you need to tell them, cities fall all the time. And sometimes when they fall, they are reborn. If someone tells you an empire can't decline or collapse, empires collapse all the fucking time, bro. It's part of history. There are so many grifters out there who will tell you dollar cost averaging. Well, that's great, but that's based upon a period of history that is best defined as a disequilibrium, which means that you're basing your theoretical models on the experience of falling off a cliff. And yeah, you know, for that time it takes to hit the ground, your models will probably work. But, but once you hit the ground, you're going to be in a different equilibrium, fucker. And dollar cost averaging might not make any fucking sense. Here's what's true historically, okay? Not in rinky-dink Soviet empires like ours, not in bullshit government mindfucks, but historically, technology, all things being equal, is deflationary, which means that over time, you get more for less. Now, some would argue, well, Dan, what about that keyboard you're playing? What about that electronic recorder you're using? What about the computers you're using? Yeah, I get it. All those things have had deflationary behaviors. But the reality is all those things are heavily controlled and subsidized as well. So we really don't know what a mobile phone would cost if it wasn't for all the government garbage. We just don't know. You might think you know, but you really don't. That's the nature of living in a neo-Stalinist Soviet rinky-dink carny party Rickety fucking roller coaster dystopia. You don't fucking know. And unlike the Soviet Union in the 50s, there's no greater Scientology, no greater Soviet empire that has a fucking Sears and Roebuck you can use to price with. Okay? This is the end of the fucking road, at least for this epic. If you're asking yourself, who do we go to? You'll say, oh, we can go to China. I think that if you believe that China can save anybody, you know, including China, you're living in a fantasy world. The Chaicoms, their days are numbered. The reason why they went along with this stupid psyop, because again, I think it is cooperation. I don't think the, the conflict between the Chinese and the U.S. is real. I think there's a lot of reused 1960s propaganda that people should see through. Good old 
you know, CIA missile gap propaganda, but people aren't seeing through it because they're deeply fucking confused. Um, the Chicoms, not the Chinese people, but the Chinese Communist Party and the people at the top of it, they're doomed. Okay, they probably realized they were doomed five or six years ago. I think Z probably knows he's doomed. That's why they need the COVID as much as our own government does. They need the monkey herpes. They need the fear. And if I talk about that, and I talk about how inherently weak the system must be, given that they have to use psyops, this is something that can get me banned. Okay, it's way more likely to get me banned than talking about crypto. If I talk about crypto, holy fuck, I'd probably have people asking me to come on their show. If I talked about the horrible communist monkey herpes, I'd probably have all kinds of new listeners because people need to believe that bullshit. But if I tell you that it's very likely that President Biden is the mayor of Washington, D.C., for all intents and purposes, very soon to be the mayor of the White House, that will get me banned. Because I think that's closer to the truth. The truth is, all these weird threats that are being made about this and that and that and this, they all sound great on paper, but none of it matches reality. First topic, official topic. So there's been a lot of articles on Zero Hedge, and that's zerohedge.com. I sometimes jokingly call it Epic Times, or because they post pretty much every CIA limited hangout, uh, Mossad, you know, Jews for Jesus, Israeli situation from Epic Times. So sometimes I joke and I call Zero Hedge the Epic Times, because take a look at the articles they post, buddy. But then also, sometimes I joke and I call Zero Hedge Izvestia. Because when I was studying the Soviet Union in graduate school, there was this general feeling that between Pravda and Izvestia, Izvestia was probably a better, you know, Soviet-style um, newspaper. And, and I can't really tell you if I think that's true. I, I don't know that those types of distinctions are very meaningful, um, But there have been a lot of these articles on Zero Hedge in recent days about law and order. And a lot of articles about the return to law and order. And I wonder how tenured, how, you know, hearing damaged to the essential noise of history do you have to be to talk about law and order? Okay. And, and there are people who say, well, look at Trump. Trump formally did what Obama was going to do. Trump 
formally stole Syrian oil. That's Syrian property, okay? That's not our property. That's not your property. The oil that we stole from Syria was illegally taken. So let's return to a time of law and order. When Hillary Clinton was trying to get Stinger missiles to get the Syrian civil war up and hot and running, and she, she certainly did get a lot of weapons into Syria, um, helping to destabilize much of the Middle East, I guess that would be a return to law and order. When the United States was illegally using American citizens as test subjects for radiological experiments, that's the, you know, that's radioactive material, brothers and sisters. Uh, officially half a million Americans were killed as a result of these radiological experiments who knows the unofficial number? Is that the return to law and order that, you know, that Zero Hedge is talking about? Yeah, they got all these frickin' articles. Law and order, return to law and order, rule of law, and it is bullshit. Okay? The United States had a document called the Declaration of Independence, and it had a formal agreement called the Articles of Confederation. In 1787, 88, and 89, elite people in this country conspired to overthrow a government that had been established. Is that the law and fucking order you were talking about? You know? Why don't you get all the ghosts of every mass grave between the Pacific Coast and the East Coast? Everywhere, dozens if not hundreds, if not thousands, in some cases, of Native Americans were killed and dumped. Is that the law and order you're fucking talking about? Okay? Are you talking about the Gulf of Tonkin, which was a way for us to, you know, kick up the Vietnam War? Are you talking about that kind of rule of law? and law and order. I mean, I'm trying to narrow in on what the fuck period of human history Zero Hedge is fucking talking about. Because none of it matches their bullshit. You want law and order? Arrest Bill Gates. I mean, personally, I think you should do worse to him. You know, to me, law and order would be draw, drawing and quartering Bill Gates. It would be taking four fine horses and four strong ropes and attaching them to each one of his arms and legs and having him torn apart. That would be a, a, well, a fair step, a, a, a leap in the right direction if you believe in law and order. Anthony Fauci should be arrested. Mayor Jenny Durkin should be arrested. I videotaped, I am a witness to Seattle employees admitting that they were there in Chaschopia to help out, to build barricades, to put up little wood panels, to provide food, water, and shelter to the commies of Chaschopia. What she was doing was using city funds to fund an illegal operation. She should be arrested if there's law and order. I videotape Seattle cops Okay, P basically bike cops in plain clothes, LARPing as BLM and Antifa. I got them on videotape. I got them recorded. Is that the law and order that Zero Hedge is fucking talking about? Wouldn't it be great to fucking know, right?
I don't want to beat the dead horse of law and order. I just think people are being kind of foolish. They're focused on homeless people, which means they're focused on the steam and the smoke and all of the features of inefficiency that are cooking off of a decaying and collapsing empire. But they're not really focused on anything remotely called a real problem, and they don't have anything that remotely looks like an actual solution. Uh, the, the best solutions I've heard for homelessness is put them on an island someplace in the Puget Sound. And that might sound great to law and order people, but again, examine your fucking premise, okay? And if you're going to talk about Nazi Germany 1933, I'll say again, there are many, many ghosts from Wounded Knee who are torn apart by six-barreled 37-millimeter Hotchkiss cannons that would love to talk to you about this Germany thing, because I think they went through that. Mr. and Mrs. Law of Fucking Order. Next topic. Learned helplessness. You know, I've talked about learned helplessness because there was this one idiot on Twitter a number of weeks ago who made the following argument. He said, you don't know how Tylenol works. You don't know how your car works. You don't know how your refrigerator works. You don't know this. You don't know that. Ergo, you should take the vaccine. Ignore the fact that this is a very sloppy kind of reasoning. It's not even transitive and it's definitely non sequitur. Ignore all of that. What is baked into the argument, and it is a rhetorical argument. It's not a logical argument. It's a rhetorical one. What's baked into the argument is that you should accept the fact that there are things you don't know and it is appropriate to simply obey. Or better yet, the fact that you don't know everything means you must be a slave. You can't not be a slave if you don't know everything. And I'm not even sure they'd be willing to concede that total knowledge means you have a right to be free. In fact, in that case, they probably just want to kill you. But what they are trying to say is, is that you need to obey because you're stupid. You're ignorant. You don't know these things. You don't know how your car works. So just obey whatever they shove down your throat. You don't know what's in Tylenol, so just take the jab. But if you think about things like, for example, rule of law, law and order. What, what's implied in all this rule of law and law and order shit? Implied is that you can't do it. You can't defend yourself. You can't protect yourself. You cannot negotiate with your neighbors. You cannot cooperate and solve problems without force. And that's the key point here. You cannot solve actual problems, any problems, especially difficult problems, without force. And it's ironic, because it's the big government status douchebags, it's the voter scumbags, you know, the gun control freaks especially, who will come out and say, well, people shouldn't have guns because guns are bad. But they're the same motherfuckers who will quote Mao Zedong about guns and basically concede that they don't see any way to solve any problem without putting a gun to your fucking head. You have to see through that hypocrisy. You have to see through the lies. The flimsy arguments of Twitter freaks, that's easy. But the fact is, a lot of people have been deceived by the learned helplessness, so they throw around concepts like back the blue, or, you know, support the troops, or 
rule of law as if they mean anything at this point, and they don't. You know, if you really supported the troops, you would end these stupid fucking wars. You would. You would recognize that it's probably immoral and in a basic sense, illegal, definitely before God, to go to another fu a country, destabilize it, and steal their fucking oil. Or to lay the groundwork so that you can have pipelines coming from the south to go into Europe instead of coming from Russia. That's not moral. And by any standard of law, it's not legal. So if you support the troops, you should end that bullshit. You should end that soul-scarring bullshit. If you care about the troops, you should stop it. Because we put them in Afghanistan for two decades, and they spent most of their time making sure the heroin got home. The heroin that they would overdose on. But you can't solve problems. That's one of the reasons why anarchists are so hated because one of the arguments we make is that you don't need government at all. We're not even libertarians. Libertarians will tell you, well, you need a little bit of government. We need somebody to have law and order. But the problem is they don't understand that leads to all the other garbage. Because some motherfucker will say, well, I read, you know, I, I read The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. An old Stanislavus fell in the vat. What's in my sausage? Let's have an FDA. Because clearly it's murder to produce a foodstuff that might have some weird Polish dude chopped up in it. And, and brothers and sisters, how can I fucking break this to you? Okay? Teddy Roosevelt's FDA never fucking fixed that problem. If anything, it gave that problem a rule of law, quote-unquote, a rule of law protector shield. Because the only way now you can get through that shield is with a whole bunch of fucking lawyers that you and I can't fucking afford. Do you see how that fucking works? Believe me. If somebody was poisoning and dumping bodies in the beef, that problem does sort itself out if the government gets the fuck out of the way. There's your rule of law. No, learned helplessness is about people thinking they can't do it themselves. And that's why the gun control debate gets to be so ridiculous. Because basically the argument is you cannot defend yourself. But who are these magical people that can? And you get the mythology, well, I think military veterans. But the reality is military veterans are being cracked down on the most dumb fucks. So tell me again about the magical motherfuckers you think are worthy to have the right to defend themselves. You can't make a society like this work, brothers and sisters, unless you raise every single kid to believe that the only real solution is to obey. That they don't know anything. They can't understand anything. So the best thing to learn in school is how not to learn.
Yeah, next topic. But before I move on, I just want to emphasize the point. What they teach kids in school now is I can't. They do. They'll tell them we can, you know, because we is really the government. It's kind of like driving around the high desert here in Utah. You'll see these BLM signs, and it's funny because it's BLM, it's Bureau of Land Management. <laughs> but boy, isn't that funny. But you'll see these BLM signs, and they'll say things like, Hey, this is your land. We're watching it for you, right? But this is your land. But it's bullshit. It's not your land. You can't go out and live on it. If you do, they'll kill you. They'll shoot you. They'll do whatever the fuck they want to you. So it's really not your land. That's a lie. But what they teach kids in school is, I can't, I won't. They teach you don't, they don't teach you do. They teach you obedience theory, and obedience theory is about waiting to be told to do something. And so when you look at what happened in 2020, when you want to understand how millions of Americans could just obey, you need to understand that they're, whatever you want to call it, I don't want to call it knowledge, but whatever knowledge is in their head, it's mostly the knowledge of don't and can't and won't. And it's mostly obedience. It's a lot of yeses, not a lot of noes, believe it or not. A lot of can'ts, not a lot of cans. A lot of the basically, you will not do anything unless you're told to do it. That's what the people understood from the public schools. And so we should not really be too shocked you know, given how things turned out. So there's an article on Zero Hedge about these teenagers that escaped from some Australian prison camp for people with COVID. I'm not even going to explain to you how absurd it is to have a, have a camp in one of the hottest deserts on earth, probably. And, and people are afraid they're going to spread, yeah, the COVID. I mean, Australia is a ridiculous place for that anyways. But no, supposedly there's all these prison camps in Australia now. <clears throat> and supposedly some teenagers escaped from one. Okay. And it makes for great drama. In fact, I can imagine a movie of the week on Channel 4. It does make for great drama. It might even make for a great BBC series. Hey, BBC, give me a call. I kind of think... This would be my version of the story. And I say story because I think it's bullshit. I don't believe any of the Alex Jones FEMA camp crap. We'll get to that later, but I just don't. I, I, I came to my senses on that many years ago, but in recent months I've really understood that the FEMA camp story is also a psyop. It's a way to get people scared. They're scared of FEMA camps. They're scared of the super powerful super state. Believe me. You're scared of something that no longer exists. If it did exist, it was a long time ago, many, many dead Native Americans ago. But it's not now. If I was going to do a movie about an Australian COVID-style monkey herpes prison camp, I would do it Roger Corman-style. You may know him from such classics as women in cages. Also, I think he did the big bird cage. And I think he did... Um, 
Well, he did a lot of these sexploitation films, you know. The Big Bird Cage, Women in Cages, you know. I mean, there's a whole bunch of these sexploitation film franchises from the 70s and a lot of common actors and actresses. My favorite actress from Women in Cages is Pam Greer. And, and you know, Pam Greer, I, I don't, I think she's still alive, but arguably Pam Greer is one of the most beautiful women in, you know, the history of film. And, you know, I think her boobs were real. I don't think they were fake. I'm just adding that editorial note. I mean, come on, Women in Cages came out in 1971. I know they had fake boobs, but they weren't that good, were they? If I was going to do a story, a movie, a fiction, like this fiction about the teenagers, because I think it is probably bullshit, and I have no way to verify the story, so if you wanted to, like, leave me a hate message, fuck you, okay? Right now, I know that people in America are being fed shit, because when I compare reality with my own fucking eyes, like, I don't know, living next to every major fucking hospital in Seattle for a year during the heart of the pandemic, when I compared that reality to what I was being told, they didn't even remotely match. There was no overlap. So I'm sorry that I don't take seriously the FEMA camp fear complex. I don't really give a shit if you think that there are massive warehouses with body bags. If you've actually ever had to plan a military operation, I have. I've worked in the military, so I understand this. If you've actually had to plan one, you would understand that it is not some slam dunk. So all this shit that Alex Jones has uncovered, it looks more and more like shit. Like crap. But if I was going to do a COVID-style prison storyline movie, you know, and please, Cinemax, call me if you still exist. This might go on Cinemax. I think it could go on HBO late at night, maybe. Could even be a series. We could call it Matrons of Monkey Herpes Island. Isn't there a Christmas island in Australia? We could call it the Christmas party. Yes, it'd be the story of five stripper women. Five Australian strippers. Really fucking attractive. They've had trick pregnancies. They have children they lost track of. They've got a pimp daddy. They've got a pimp daddy waiting at home for them. Yes, it's a story of five Australian strippers. Five women who take clothes off for money. Five women who hook on the side. And they've got a pimp daddy. They've been sent to the COVID camp. There's a lesbian nurse. She's named Helga Extreme. She oversees the women. She monitors the shower. Old Helga Extreme. Helga will take you into her whipping chamber. She'll tie you to the whipping pool. 
if you're a stripper and you've got the COVID. Because we, we all know you can trust the Red Cross to tell you the truth. We all know you can trust the UN troops to tell you the truth. We all know you can trust the Australian government to tell you the truth. So we don't know what Helga Extreme does in her lesbian sexual whipping chamber. She probably takes the young maiden, takes the young stripper, ties her to the wood pole. And then she takes her cat of nine tails. Or she takes her birch branch. Or who knows what sexual tool she'll use. She might use a rocking dildo. She might insert it into the clevis. She might gungulate and use arrhythmic vibrating bobules of womanly scent. Yeah, and you can see where the story goes from here with Helga Extreme running the the portion of the prison camp for COVID monkey herpes, the portion that has only strippers and hookers and, and women grifters, busty and young. All they wear is a short shirt and underwear. She get, they get some Crocs to wear around, you know, that's helpful. But that's their whole attire. They have to walk through a swamp each day on the way to work. Periodically, they have to wrestle random hobos because, hey, that's what you get in swamps, hobos and crocodiles and pythons. What would be a good title for that movie? The movie about the, the strippers who escape from a COVID monkey herpes hell in Australia prison camp. What would be the name of that? What would be a good name for that movie? I was thinking about using the C word, but that's not right. Rona Rebellion. Oh, Rona, Rona Pomona Rebellion. I don't know. Rona Rebellion. You know what? When it comes to sexploitation films, it's best to wait for some first test audience to tell you what they think it should be called. But you get the gist of it. If I'm going to write a story or make up a story about FEMA camp type bullshit or whatever you want to call it, since FEMA is an American thing of bullshit, if I wanted to make a prison camp story bullshit, I probably would focus on strippers and hookers just because it's more lurid, it's more likely to pull in key demographics, demographics that will click on those ads, and it's about click-throughs, brothers and sisters. It's not about prison camps. It's not about hookers. It's about click-throughs.
Next topic. So, Jim Cramer is well known for saying nutty, crazy crap and you may not notice it, but the heater just turned on. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep working with it. I may have to do some type of filter thingy. We'll see. What's the time we got? Well, 45 minutes. Let's keep going. And just FYI, this particular podcast could last a while. You never know. So Jim Cramer, back in 2008, lost it on TV because he didn't know why Bernanke wasn't stepping in to like inject massive amounts of money into Jim Cramer's own special Soviet-style Jim Cramer, you know, kleptocratic bullshit. I don't have any fucking idea what kinds of crooked bullshit a guy like Jim Cramer is invested in. Neither do you. But he said some pretty crooked shit today. He basically, well, he said that we need to, you know, make sure that everyone's vaccinated by January the 1st. And if we have to use military force, we should use that. And I'm just going to, like, kind of blow through this and, and help us escape from this nonsense. The last time the United States had remotely the morale to do any of the crooked shit that Jim Cramer's talking about is probably the 1940s and 50s. Probably. By the time you get through the Vietnam War, it's highly unlikely that you can do what he wanted you, you know, wants you to do. And there are lots of people who would say, well, post 9-11, and given what you said about obedience, all of this is true, but you're, you're still talking about human beings. And human beings have breaking points, and ultimately... Things get scary when you threaten people's kids. Not all people. There are a lot of shitheads out there. But there are enough people who are not shitheads that they will protect their children. They will protect their children from medical rape. Because that's what a forced vaccination is. Jim Cramer. If you're asking the United States to use military force against its own people to basically perform medical rape, then you're basically asking for a version of the Tuskegee experiment, but writ large, period. That's what that is. By any standard of rule of law, if you actually take that shit seriously, by any basis of common law, theoretically from which we derived our legal principles in the Constitution, (laughs) theoretically, if you have any respect for any of that, you should understand that there is nothing legal about medical rape. There is nothing legal about forcibly injecting anybody with anything. It, it, there's nothing. So, so I just wanted to return to that topic of rule of law. For all of you rule of law motherfuckers, what Jim Cramer is talking about is in no universe a legal concept if you take that shit seriously. I don't know. Maybe you do. Or maybe what was learned after you know the Nuremberg trials no longer applies. Maybe we are beyond Nuremberg now. Maybe we're beyond the Nazi war criminal trials and we're at the point where we're beginning to say, well, maybe those crooked motherfuckers, I don't know, maybe they were right, right? That's basically, you have to go there. You have to basically admit that that's where the government is at. 
that we no longer recognize Nuremberg, and why not? We, we gave up on Bretton Woods when we closed the gold window in the early 1970s. We promised all the allies after World War II, we'll make sure you can trade your dollars for gold. And then in the early 70s, I think it was 1972, Nixon closed the gold window. Is that the rule of law that people talk about on Zero Hedge? Is that the golden age we want to return to? Can somebody please pinpoint the fucking year when they thought the U.S. government behaved in a legitimate way or their very special city government did? I know there were years when we were flush with pirate money. That's a whole separate topic. We had many years of pirate money. We had pirate money from the fucking petrodollar scam. We had pirate money from the offloading inflation, the Chinese workers scam. We had all kinds of pirate money from stealing people's resources. But when the pirate money runs out, the pirates get angry. When the money and the booty runs out, the pirates get restless. No, Jim Cramer basically thinks that we should round people up or force vaccinations on them. And I don't even think he's a real person. He's, he's almost too ridiculous to be real. He's a good example of the fool in propaganda theory. And the purpose of the fool, sometimes it can you know waver a bit, but the main purpose of the fool is to take a serious issue and make it look like a joke. And so it's possible that Jim Cramer is serving some type of propaganda purpose here, but I have no idea what kind. All I can tell you is that in my humble opinion, after two decades of war, after multiple decades of inefficiency and theft in the Department of Defense. After all of this crap that our military has gone through, a lot of heinous, psychologically damaging crap, I seriously doubt you could get the U.S. military to do any of the stupid shit that Jim Cramer thinks they could do between now and January the 1st. Now, do I think they could lie about it? I mean, I want to say newsflash, but that's sarcastic bullshit. Brothers, sisters... The one thing they're really kind of not necessarily good at, but they are definitely their best skill set, is lying. That's what the government does. That's how they keep their shit going. They keep their shit going by lying to you, and you help them out. Maybe not you, maybe not me, but most of these voter fools help them out by being too fucking afraid, too much of a fucking coward to question it. It's kind of like the COVID thing. If you understand or understood or ever researched the topic of hospital-acquired infection, that's MRSA, that's fungal, that's random fucking virus, that's all kinds of shit that people get at hospitals, usually post-op, sometimes during the operation, that is 100% preventable, 100% stuff that you, 
you could totally prevent and yet people die of it. That's why they call it preventable. If you understood this, you wouldn't just believe the hospital because they told you the COVID killed grandma. I'm telling you it's way more likely that the hospital killed grandma. But a lot of you guys, maybe not my listeners, but a lot of those fools out there are too much of a fucking coward to even ask that fucking question. They would, in fact, I have proof in my personal life that there are people who would rather associate the death of some random person with a loved one and insinuate some type of passive-aggressive murder thingy than have the courage to look into who fucking killed that friend. Cowards! It's okay. You're like Jim Cramer. If you think there's enough morale or resources left to take the United States military and force vaccinations, to force medical rape on people, you're a fucking moron. If you think there are the resources to put you on trains to a FEMA camp someplace, you are an idiot. If you think there's 200,000 Chinese in Vancouver Island that are going to swoop in and put you in the camps, you don't understand how tenuous the situation is for the Chinese government, and they don't want you to know. We need to escape that bullshit. I'm not going to lie to you. I won't tell you that there's zero to be afraid of, that it's some infinite scheme that goes on forever. What I will tell you is base case, the U.S. dollar empire is falling apart. That's base case. That is baked into the cake. Whatever happens in the end, the dollar empire is falling apart. And they're not going to tell you when it's all done. The other thing I would add is I think they're doing everything they can to keep all the plates spinning. All the plates spinning. That's why they turn up the COVID and they turn it down. In some ways, the COVID, you know, I did this podcast in, in, a couple years ago before the monkey herpes, and I talked about squeezing the fuel line because of the situation with, you know, the United States economy and the Fed. I think it was right after Zoltan Posnar, Posar wrote those articles or started talking about the repocalypse. And, you know, squeezing a fuel line, the idea is that you do something so that you can print without a lot of inflation. And it sounds implausible because from an Austrian perspective, the mere act of printing is inflation. And I tend to agree with it. But there's a big difference between inflation in the abstract sense and inflation in the concrete sense. And in the concrete sense, I think they figured out how to use COVID the same way other phenomena throughout history could be used to control consumption. Um, they didn't do ration cards. You know, that was always a possibility when the banking system started to tilt over to start rationing. No, instead, they simply rationed the entire macro economy. They, they, in, instead, they did the lockdown hokey pokey. You know, so many fools went along with it. And so many fools still do. And, and, you know, I don't think you're going to help them. Too late. Next topic. So I was looking, um, I was thinking about what the COVID-19 quote-unquote pandemic has done to people in communities. And the only thing I can think of when I think of it is wrecking ball. Now, yeah, while I was in Seattle observing the stupidity 
I saw one thing that never stopped, and this is really important because it'll seem like a contradiction to the wrecking ball. There's one thing that never stopped in Chinatown, Seattle in 2020, and that was construction. Construction workers would use the same porta potties. How do I know this hell? I've got that, you know, on a recording too. It's not hosted anywhere now because GoDaddy's a fucking shithole and they stole my stuff and stole my money. So I don't have a website, but I actually still have the video. And I have video of construction workers never stopping. Period. That is one thing that never stopped during the pandemic in Chinatown. All the illegal Chinese workers in, in, in transient-style buildings like the one I was living in, a half a mile from every major fucking hospital. The construction never stopped. And, and yeah, they pretended to wear masks, but, you know, come on. The masks are bullshit, and LARPing the masks are a worse kind of bullshit, you know? So. I don't know. I've been thinking about what this Rona thing has done to people, and one of the words that came across my mind the other day was estranged. You know how people say, I became estranged from my family? And another word people will use to substitute estranged is alienated. What I, what I think is true is it, it was a wrecking ball. The COVID was a wrecking ball. I called it dynamite. I, in recent podcasts, it used to be hosted on places like YouTube and SoundCloud, but no longer are because I'm a digital refugee. But in recent podcasts, if you're a previous listener, I talked about how basically it looked like they were trying to solve problems by throwing dynamite around. And I was looking at it from the perspective of the deep state. Listen, if you want slave cadres, they have to be sane. They can't be radioactive from the one or more boiling water reactors that go sideways because who knows who, you know, got dumped or divorced or is alcoholic or overdosing. We don't know. You don't know either. You can't have radioactive plague madness people to build anything. There's nothing you're going to build on with that. What I see right now is a progression towards population-wide madness, and it's being done on purpose, and there is nothing you're going to build on that. Nothing. Period. And that's if you're looking at it from the evildoer perspective. So I've compared it to solving problems with dynamite. In fact, I compared it very specifically. Imagine you invented a kind of special box. A magical box that had a lot of really cool topology. Which means if you inserted a chunk of C4 into the box, that box had razor knives that would shoot out. Once the C4 exploded, the box would instantly transform your kitchen. Instant remodeling. Instant remodeling with dynamite. A, magic, a magical dynamite box. A magical dynamite box. You put the box in your kitchen. You put the explosive in the top. You probably don't want to be anywhere near it. But once it goes off, that box expands in weird topological configurations with razor-sharp edges to cut through the entire thing. If such things, 
were ever feasible, and they're probably not, sure. But it does look like they believe they're performing surgery with dynamite. And I'm telling you that if that's their plan, okay, chalk it up to Hanlon's razor. They're simply stupid and crazy. They, they might be evil as well, but what they're doing is stupid and crazy. You don't manage collapse by feeding forces that lead to greater collapse. You really don't. The only thing I could say is maybe they want to speed up collapse, and that could be true too. You know, you know, I had a friend who made that point in many podcasts we did together. He basically argued that what they're doing is trying to drive us to chaos. But again, I say, why? Why are they doing that? You know, why do they want the entire planet in chaos? I, I don't get it. I don't get it yet. The other possibility is everything we're being told about places like Australia, for example, is total bullshit. That this PSYOP is focused mainly on us. And that actually connects with the whole dollar empire collapse. It's like all the logistics stories. Oh, we've got a container problem. We can't get the containers. Brothers and sisters, for years and years and years, they talked about just-in-time, they talked about globalism, and, and you had motherfuckers a couple years ago talking about post-scarcity. They fed you techno-babble bullshit, and they said to you, stuff like this would never happen. But it's happening. And they'll say, well, but it's because of the monkey herpes. It's because of the Rona. Yeah, I don't know. You can blame the Rona, or you can blame hackers, or you can blame homeless people. The, the possibly, the reality is, nobody wants to deliver shit to us any longer. That these countries don't trust our payments. They don't trust the dollar. It's as likely as not that China could be in a state of civil war at this point, which means that their ability to produce goods and services is what, how can I phrase this, a bit unstable. You don't know, I don't know. You can believe the teenager story about Australia. I have no fucking clue if that's true. All I can tell you is I compared real events to real stories. Like, for example, how Antifa burned down that King County prison for kids that was being built. The way that the, you know, I think it was um, the Guardian. The way the Guardian explained something that was happening right across the fucking street from me is that they'd set fire to the whole thing. Well, no. They'd set fire to one Katrina trailer and one dumpster. That uh, prison for children project, it I think it sped up. Now, the Jesuits on the same street, you know, a few blocks up, a lot closer to Chaz Chopia and Ferrari of Seattle. Yeah, the Jesuit Katrina trailers were unscathed, even though a lazy Antifa motherfucker could simply, off of 12th Avenue, you know, heading north on the left-hand side of the street, heading north, could simply chuck them in without any effort, limp-wristed and all. But the Jesuit Katrina trailers, completely untouched. Once again, pick up the phone and call those Native Americans, those indigenous peoples, and ask them about the fucking Jesuits. Antifa bullshit artist. No, you know, the word estranged applies or alienated applies because these lies, these deceptions have driven people apart. 
and the fact that they're telling you again that you shouldn't get together for Christmas, and the fact that so many people are kind of just heading that direction again, tells you how pathetic the state of humanity is. It tells me that people have a spooky mind kind of sense, a third eye sense, that something quite terrible is coming. So they are bargaining for disaster. The COVID monkey herpes disaster looks like something they can handle. They can put on one or two masks. They'll take one or two jabs. Who knows what the fuck they're getting? They'll play the Kabuki theater because, like I said, God forbid they show any courage to ask the right fucking questions. Next topic. Next topic, brothers and sisters. We're moving on. We're moving on. Another article from Izvestia, oops, I mean Zero Hedge, um, was about this overlord priestess Jenny Harries in England, the UK, whatever they call themselves now. I think they're called the Fiptic clans of the Islander peoples, whatever. England ain't what she used to be, or maybe she never was. That's the mythology, isn't it? That England is an island or islands of free people, right? That's the mythology. Yeah, I, I think the myth is dead. But there's an article about this Jenny Harries, and she's telling the British peoples, the peoples of the Englands, the, the British peoples, that they can't meet for Christmas. And I don't want to talk more about that because I've already beat that dead horse. And when I say dead horse, I mean Jenny Harry's. Because you should see a picture of this woman. I mean, I jokingly have said to some people that she's kind of like um, Klaus Schwab's attractive sister. And that's, and that's meant to say that, you know, her, his, his other sisters would be uglier. No, she's not an attractive woman. But again, you know, you think about this crap, it's like, what if, I want to think on this for a second. Back in the early aughts, you know, back around that 2007 time frame, so I should say the late aughts, back in the later aughts, around 2007 at CERN in Switzerland, at the Large Hadron Collider, something went wrong. Or something went right. They drilled a hole, a hole into hell. It's something that MCP pants wanted to achieve.
Yeah, imagine in 2007 they opened a hole, a crack into hell. Maybe it was an accident, maybe it wasn't. And out came the Blurgen freaks. The Blurgen freaks are, are, are a demon clan of, of Jurgen Gondors. They are genderless and sexless and joyless. They are hermaphroditic Gurgen freaks. They control most of the healthcare system now, the high ground of evil. Jerry, I mean Jenny. No, I mean Jerry Halitosis Harry's. She's a demon freak. She's a scroglon junk hoarder. She's a treblick wanderer. She's a burner of puppies. I saw that movie once. You know the movie about the buddy trip going on canoes? The canoe buddy movie, you know, with Burt Reynolds? Jenny Harries looks like one of the actors playing the hillbillies. If there was still a sense of humor on planet Earth, I would make a movie called Old Aunt Clevis is Visiting. It would be a dark comedy, a dark rom-com, a, a dark rom-a-con, a rom-a-darktus. It would be a dark rom-com, British-style, you know, dark rom-com. And it would be called Old Aunt Clevis is Visiting. And, and ostensibly, you can make it a holiday focus. You don't want to offend the Muslims, though. It's the story of some old random tranny from Chelsea. And this old random ch tranny from Chelsea finds this woman on TV. She's, like, really important. She's one of the, the Rona freaks. But he noticed something. He kind of looks like her. He could be an ugly woman. And so this random tranny murders, uh, you know, Jenny Harries and takes over her life. And she, and you know, he becomes old Aunt Clevis, which is what, you know, I'm sure Jenny Harries' nieces and nephews call her, right? What a funny Christmas movie. Old Aunt Clevis is visiting. And given people's desire to just live in a Summersby delusion, a Jody, a Jody Foster, you know, Richard Gere, aluminum foil on the gerbil nightmare, given the propensity of a lot of people to just want to believe bullshit, I could see the family believing that old Aunt Clevis is old Aunt Clevis, but, but she's not. McKinney is an is an actor. Um, he play, he played one of the assassins in the Parallax View. He's been in different movies. He's kind of an actor from these older movies, but he's a, he was a pretty good guy. I think he's dead. He might be alive. But Bill McKinney could probably play Jenny Harry's because Bill McKinney played one of those hillbillies. And I or vice versa. Maybe Jenny Harry's was an actor, an extra in the film Deliverance. 
because she's got the attitude, she's got the look, he, she, doesn't matter in a post-gender apocalyptic, you know, Grongoville. But what if, in fact, they did open a hole into hell back in 2007? Because a lot of this is like the Paul McCartney thing. If you don't know this, a lot of people don't believe that Paul McCartney is Paul McCartney. And a lot of these Jurgen demons, these Gregan folk that came out of hell, they, they're really, you know, they're good enough. They're good enough at playing Summersby. You know, like that Summersby movie where Richard Gere comes home from the Civil War and he's like, hey, is this my husband? Jodie Foster says, and he's like, dude, I'll teach you how to grow tobacco. And probably he grew wacko tobacco too. And then Jodie Foster didn't care. Then Jody didn't care. I think maybe Paul McCartney was killed by a demon, and then a demon took over. I think this Jenny Harry's could very well be a skin job, too. You know, one of these Jurgen demons said, I can be the head socialist commie of UK screwed, screwed upville. And given that Jenny Harry's was probably a lost soul to begin with, that demon could just step on in. And it's not about possession with Jurgen demons. They don't do that. They're more like cuckoo birds. You know, they, they cuck. That What they like to do is take you to the side of the road and bash your brains out. And then they take over your life. So whether it's Paul McCartney or, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates or this fucking Jenny Harry's or Jerry Harry or whatever, I think they could be demons. They're skin jobs that wanted to take someone else's life and, you know, how they existed. They LARP as humans. I mean... And maybe part of this works that there's a kind of, you know, mind mind blindness there's a blind sight there's a cognitive blind sight when it comes to older british women and by the way older korean women and i don't know what to tell you but it's generally speaking they all look the same so maybe they just all look the same to people and they just want to believe it and you add in the halitosis and and they all smell the same too Next topic. So, uh, I don't know if I want to talk about this one. Next topic. I'm going to talk about Happy Thanksgiving because this is late now. I mean, it's like a week ago Thanksgiving, right? And given how late in the evening it is, it would be like literally a week ago. So I'm not going to really talk about that. I was going to talk about Black Friday a bit, but I just don't see the point. To me, Black Friday is another kind of mind fuck. And one of the things I'm trying to do with my podcast going forward, if it's possible, is to the extent possible to just ignore a lot of the news because currently the news looks like garbage and, and it's getting worse every day. I also don't think we're that far from the point where a lot of this will be simply irrelevant. So I want to read about articles, but I don't want to read articles that are too serious, um, and so I'm just not going to talk about Black Friday. 
So I was looking at a website for Maverick, and Maverick is a local thingy here in Utah. It's a gas station food stop. And, you know, it's kind of pretty cool, um, I think. But I was looking at it, and it has a menu of the food it offers, and had pictures. It had a picture of the chicken nuggets they sell. They can't really call them McNuggets, I don't think. That would be some type of patent infringement. But they had a picture of the nuggets they sell, the nuggets of chicken. And then they had a picture of their tater tots, their nuggets of potato. And I looked deeply and I looked deeply and very verily interested at these photos of their potato tots and their chicken nuggets on their Maverick menu site. And they looked eerily similar. I wonder how far we are from chicken chicken tots. And maybe that's really what you know, chicken nuggets are really, Ch you know, chicken tots. Maybe sometime back in the 80s, when that marketing guy went to McDonald's, or maybe it was the 70s, maybe he said, you know, you shouldn't really call these chicken McNuggets. Call them chicken tots. But that didn't sell. That didn't go. No, I, you know, you wonder, though, what if they decide at some point to just take whatever filler they can find, whatever protein slime, whatever sand or broken glass or, you know, post-industrial asbestos, and put it into some sort of a process or slurry, and, you know, maybe add in some chicken, or at least chicken flavoring. And maybe they mix in potatoes, you know, to give it some type of volume that is semi-nutritional in some quasi-sense. And then they form, they injection mold the scrumbo into an injection molding process to get their, they get their, well, they, what are they, chicken, chicken, chicken tots? Potato nuggets. Chuggets. Holy crap. We just came up with a new product to sell at every gas station. If no one's done this yet, call me. Contact me. I can't let you know how because all my shit's been stolen by GoDaddy. And I'm not going to give out my phone this way. But yeah, contact me using the interspatial mind vibe of your third eye. You'll have to get high on shrooms though. Chuggets, chuggets. What if you had potato nuggets, chots? That's it. C H O T Z. That is the that is the stellar product of 2029. Mom, can we stop by Chevron? Can I get a 20 piece chots? Well, that's great, but we have to pay rent tomorrow. So we'll be eating sawdust tonight. They let your dad bring it home from the mill. Along with metal shavings. That's your protein. That's your vitamins. That's your life now.
Chots. C-H-O-T-Z. Chots. It's not tater tots. It's not chicken. It's a mixture of whatever proteomic, protein-based, fat-based, gastrointestinal, gringus meat that they can clum together along with metal shavings and riprap and whatever's left over from that building they knocked down. And they'll mix it all together and they'll call it They'll call it artisanal. They'll call it healthy. They'll say there are vitamins and minerals in there, and and that'll be a half-truth. Next topic. Oh, I was going to talk about what you're thankful for, you know, for Thanksgiving. Fuck it, man. But we can talk about... Cheetos boneless wings at Applebee's. So I was watching YouTube. I don't do this anymore if I can avoid it. I'm pretty much done with them. But I was watching a YouTube, you know, music video because I wanted to listen to the music. And they had this commercial pop up for Applebee's. And Applebee's had a commercial for their Cheetos boneless wings. And, and along the lines of Chots and Chuggets and McNuggets and Tater Tots, this Cheetos boneless wings look really, really rank. Like, really gross. I gotta say, if you went out drinking one night and you decided that the best solution was to purge yourself of whatever poison was sitting in your stomach, I think you stop by Applebee's and you get those Cheetos boneless wings because you will take that down your throat... And, it, and as you chug it back up, maybe it'll take that whiskey and that rye and that rum, the tails and the ends, all the bad alcohols out of your system, maybe. But if you digest the Cheetos boneless wings from Applebee's, that's the opposite. Your situation gets far worse. Yes, Cheetos boneless wings. And you can have a side order of chots with that, too. Of course, Cheetos boneless wings at Applebee's replaces previous menu items like wingless beef ribs, ribless chicken roasts, and the flightless, uh, <laughs> the flightless fish sticks. And you say, well, Dan, aren't they mostly flightless, those fish? There's a few flying fish, maybe. But we don't want to eat them, so only the flightless fish sticks. The ribless chicken roasts are really great. They basically, they, they look like, you know, I don't know how to describe it. The ribless chicken roast is like a chicken that is genetically deboned. Essentially, several years ago, perhaps 20, 25 years ago, the, the authorities, the rule of law freaks, told Kentucky Fried Chicken that they couldn't call it Kentucky Fried Chicken because it was questionable. It was dubious if, in fact, what they were selling was chicken. What they were really doing was selling these genetically engineered meat sacks, these ribless chicken roasts that hang in a warehouse someplace, like in that late 1970s, I think, 
you know, scary film called Coma, where the hospital harvests organs from these patients just hanging around, literally and figuratively, in a coma. Imagine a warehouse filled with these ribless chicken roasts, no head, no ribs, no bones, just a meat sack and some basic intestines and probably a poop hole, but that's it. And they hang from wires in these warehouses, so you can't call it Kentucky Fried Chicken, you have to call it KFC. <laughs> and then you're okay. Wingless beef ribs. I remember those. They were pretty good. I mean, of course, I, I bled rectally, but I really love Applebee's. Oh, Applebee's. We love you. Next topic. I was going to talk about Rube Goldberg and specifically something I'm going to call Rube Goldberg syndrome. And and this is what Rube Goldberg syndrome is basically. And, and and since we've already kind of talked about this and I've talked about it on previous podcasts, I don't want to beat this dead horse too much either. But here's the deal. I think that in general, um governments solve problems by adding complexity, which means literally government solves problems by creating more problems, and it is a mathematical thing. And I suppose if you got lots of pirate booty, lots of stolen resources, if you got lots of extra shit, it doesn't matter if you leak like a sieve. It doesn't matter if your government is so inefficient that it's basically bleeding itself dry. But, you know, again, good times, right? During good times of thievery and piracy, <laughs> yeah, those fourth-turning fucks are probably pissed off in a way. But, yeah, during good times, um, empires, they seem like they work. You know, I guess if you're a good, decent white person from the East Coast, it doesn't really matter what happened at Wounded Knee. But for all you folks who want to think about the fourth turning bullshit and how there's that special time when everything kind of worked, that's bullshit. It seemed like it worked because you had enough water pressure that you could keep the whole thing kind of inflated, even though there are holes everywhere. Rube Goldberg is famous for doing comics of really impossible-looking mechanisms like mousetraps that involve candles and involve little bells and maybe a dog that chases a ball. And the whole thing is connected together. And, you know, ostensibly, many of these Rube Goldberg devices could be built, but they illustrate one of the realities of complexity. And to put this simply, and maybe to make it simple as possible, you can think in terms of the Poisson curve or the statistical functions defining mechanical failure. Given enough complexity, or given enough time or a combo plate, everything fails. 
So pretty much government is designed to fail. It is designed to become more complex and because of that, it will inevitably fail. I know there are libertarians out there who believe that you can decomplexify the U.S. government. And I do think that's a lot like saying you can put a crocodile, a saltwater crocodile, on a diet. You can try, but I think it's worse than that. Because a lot of these libertarian freaks and alt-freaks are imagining the U.S. government like it's Nazi Germany in 1933. And that's just not remotely the case. If anything, a better convert comparison would be Nazi Germany, Berlin, April 1945. That's kind of where we're at in the storyline. We've had our, you know, reservations, you know, concentration camp phase. We've had all that. We've done all that. They're broke as fuck. All that they have left is fear. That's it. Their entire corpus of capability, if you ask me, is mostly about fear at this point. Um, so government is designed to lead inexorably to this kind of end. It always probably does lead this way. Sometimes governments fail before they become full-blown tyrannies. But that's the only truth of it. It's not about some ridiculous generational crap. It's whether or not that crooked government, that crooked empire, could steal enough of somebody's cash, somebody's resources, to stay alive another day. If a libertarian tells you we can decomplexify, we can put the government on a diet, it's worse than that. At this point, the government is a mere membrane holding together a bunch of parasites. You think you see a crocodile, and you think you see it lumbering along, but in reality, there are worms and parasites and spiders and rats living inside of the dead carcass of that crocodile. And when the day comes that they realize that their money, their grifter wealth, their pirate scams are coming up empty, that crocodile will split open, and those parasites will go in every fucking direction. It's not Germany 1933, brothers and sisters. It's Berlin, 45. And Hitler is the Fuhrer of the bunker. And that's reality, just like Biden is the mayor of Washington, D.C., soon to be the mayor of the White House, if he's real. And if you ask me, Biden could be his own special managed thingy. He might not be a person in any real sense. He might not even be alive at this point. It's possible that there's a, a lower level at Langley. It's all decked out like Apollo mission control. You know, 100 people in a room with screens and their whole job is to be Biden's brain. You know, just like the cockroach bullshit the CIA did back in the 60s, except for now... The cockroach is Joseph Biden. And these people in this mission control, yeah, 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 I guess it's kind of a Charlie Kaufman thing, you know, being John Malkovich, but instead they're being Joseph Biden. And that could also be true. I don't know and I don't fucking care. The only thing I think I know with some certainty, or at least the certainty that can be possible, the only thing I think I know is that Biden has no power to do any of the shit that he currently is threatening to do. It's true. They can show you pictures of camps and they can tell you stories about teenagers running away from COVID prison camps. But how the fuck do you know it's true if you're living in the United States? You don't. 
They can scare you with stories. They can have Ian Miles Wrong and Andy No Clue report from the BLM front lines like BLM Antifa is an authentically separate thing. But in reality, BLM and Antifa are Fort Polk JRTC bullshit. Some people know what I just said. They're, they're Op 4. They're Krasnovians. It's crap. Ian Miles Wrong is reporting on a PSYOP. Andy No Clue is reporting on a PSYOP. Understand that's what's going on. And understand that complexity only ends one way in the situation. And that's a train wreck. And it's not a linear one. Next topic. Getting by is easy. Getting better is hard work. That's a quote from Dr. Freckles. And you know, these Dr. Freckles quotes are now scattered across the internet because through so many accounts and forms of digital existence, things that come into existence and are ephemeral and then disappear my digital presence on the World Wide Web is equally ephemeral. Every time I get a foothold someplace, whatever happens, and I end up being pushed out, shadow banned, double secret probationed all the way to the fucking edge of no man's land. So I have Dr. Freckles quotes out there, but they're spread all over the place just like fucking refugees, you know? But here's a quote from Dr. Freckles, getting by is easy. Getting better is hard work. What does that mean? Well, it's a little bit of introspective bullshit on my part. The recent events with GoDaddy, which were inevitable because they were stepping on my website for like the last couple years and they stepped on it, on it back in 2017. They, they basically have treated me like shit. So I was planning on leaving anyways. But the reality is, um, recent events with GoDaddy have had me thinking about the podcast and about what I should do next, you know? Um, should I keep doing the kind of stuff I've been doing? Should I focus more on fiction? I had that whole, you know, Lost Lectures of Charles Manson thing going. I could pick up on, I think, Lecture 17, and I could post all those lectures to Anchor, and then you could listen to them, and that would be great, along with the text, right? Um, but I, I think I need to get better. I need to, like, you know... I need to get better, you know what I'm saying? I need to get better. And I need to get better at the keyboard. I've been doing a lot of lazy learning when it comes to the keyboard, but nothing proper, nothing correct. And if I'm not doing it proper and correct, I'll never play like Jilly Bull. I almost said Jilly Bull, Billy Joel. Or Jilly Bull. Jilly Bull, the hobo guy. He's from New Jersey. He sings little ditties. 
but I'm talking about Billy Joel, not Jilly Bowl. It's easy because things are so shitty, and they are. They're, they're just shitty. I'm sorry. If you want me to tell you I think they're great, they're not. But it's easy, given how corrupt and shitty things are, to just give up. I, I actually had somebody who claimed they loved me um, <laughs> accuse me of giving up many years ago, which means if they're true, I'm really good at extending that giving up period. I wasn't giving up at the time. I was trying to figure out a way forward. One of the things about, and I'm going to go on a little bit of side topic about depression. One of the things about depression that people don't understand and are basically confused about on purpose, because Big Pharma wants you on purpose to basically think of it this way. You're told depression is a disease. You're, to you're told depression is a disorder. I actually think depression serves a purpose. If you don't interfere with it, in a lot of cases, it's what's needed. It's a reboot. It's a re-examination. Yeah, it can go down the road to suicide and worse. But actually, it looks like these drugs don't help with it anyways. And I've tried the antidepressants. You name it. I tried all the sideways bullshit they hand out. And the only conclusion I've come to is if you need it, if it's the worst case scenario and you want to harm yourself and the difference is Prozac... Go grab some Prozac, but don't pretend it's fixing anything. What I've noticed with natural depression is people do become immobilized. You know, when you're feeling really sad and angry about the world, probably driving around, walking around, or being involved in any kind of bullshit isn't necessarily good for you or good for the people you'd be working with. And there is no law that says you must participate. It is not selfish to close your door. It is your right. It is not selfish to have a bad day. It is reality. It is not selfish to be pessimistic. A lot of people are pessimistic. And as far as depression goes, it is not selfish to be depressed. The fact is, depression probably serves a purpose. And it's a purpose that this system does not give a fuck about. So depression is treated like a disease. And people that get depressed are treated like crazy people. But what I am telling you right now is if you're depressed as fuck about what's going on, I get it. And you know what? You're not fucking crazy. However, it's also true that you shouldn't give up. And so my answer to the question of not giving up is to try to do things like not give up on the podcast, and more importantly, who knows, maybe get better at it. I even thought about doing a live show, a Dr. Freckles kind of thing, a, a one-man cavalcade, a, a one-man, you know... <laughs> yeah. Next topic. So Obama popularized the rhetoric of if you're not willing to get on board, get out of the way, which is not new rhetoric. That's a very Prussian thing to say, too. If you don't want to participate, shut the fuck up. Well, actually, some of us might tear your railroads apart, but that's a separate topic. But what 
people like Obama don't want to talk about is the simple fact that for new things to be born, old things have to die, okay? When people tell you things like you can live forever, that's bullshit. I know that Ray Kurzweil will tell you things like, well, if you have the right vitamins, if you drink the right milk, if you eat the right cheese, if you, you know, do the right things with hormone therapy, you motherfucker, you could live forever. That's total fucking bullshit. That was never possible, you know. Even Methuselah eventually, you know, died. These people died. Even in the Bible, if they lived to be almost a thousand years old, they eventually died. It doesn't mean your spirit doesn't live on. I'm talking about your ice cream cone. It doesn't help to cry over it. It doesn't help to think that you get it to last forever. And this applies to things like businesses and governments and empires and whatever other kind of pile of shit that a human being will stack up during their lifetime. Nothing lasts forever. Everything falls apart. Broken things, things that are broken can die. And listen, if something's broken and it will help you to heal it, you should heal it. But the one thing you should never do with broken things is do your effort, your effort best, your very best to keep it fucking broken. You see, the problem with the way that government solves problems, it doesn't heal shit, it doesn't fix shit. All it does is take a little bit more brokenness and slap it to the side of the thing that was already broken. That doesn't help. Broken things die, and we should help to heal them. We should not help them to stay broken. That's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. The path of freedom and dignity is comparatively easy. Fucking with people, controlling people, building prisons, that's hard, stupid work. Dr. Freckles. Now, again, that's related to that whole complexity thing. It's not just that complexity is bad. It's not just that it's, you know, stupid in terms of resources. It's really hard work to keep dumb things from dying. It's really hard work to keep a crumbling empire from simply collapsing. It would be better at the end if people had the wisdom to know that things that must die should be allowed to die and that no amount of heroic effort will probably change that. But people don't do that. People don't do that in their own lives with their own ice cream cone. I got to say, this is, a, this is actually kind of a cult amongst boomers, but... You know, don't tell a boomer that there's not going to be a drug. Don't tell a boomer that there won't be a surgery. Don't tell a boomer that Stryker Medical won't have a penile implant that'll allow them to fuck their 20-year-old wife when they're 115. Don't tell a boomer that. They need to believe their techno-babble bullshit. They need to believe their Steve Jobs cargo cult. They have to believe it. Because if you take that away from them, you've taken the very thing that replaced God. For them. Here comes the heater again. It's okay. We're almost done there, brothers and sisters. Hang on for a bit longer through the crisis time. No, freedom is easy in, in the sense that matters because freedom is straightforward. 
okay? You have to negotiate issues with your neighbors. That is your rule of law. You don't get to call a cop. You don't get to call a fucking bully and sick them on your neighbors. You have to learn to talk to them. You have to learn to resolve differences. If you're not ready to do that, the future's gonna be horrifying as fuck for you. And I gotta say, if you live in a city, the cards are already stacked against you because you are mostly surrounded by people, really just surrounded by people who only know how to negotiate by threatening force. They only know how to negotiate by saying you should be censored. You should be, you know, shut up. Somebody should make you shut up. That's how they negotiate. That is not going to end well for anybody, especially the people that believe that. Next topic, here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. I want a free market for all things, especially money, Dr. Freckles. What does that mean? Well, a lot of people in the crypto world, when they're not busy using ad hominem rhetoric to basically tell people why they're stupid because they don't own Bitcoin, a lot of people in the crypto world are, are not as they seem. I went to this conference in 2017. Um, it was a conference where there were actual crypto whales, people who had made a lot of money on Bitcoin. And one of the conversations these freaks were having was, which one will they choose? Now think about this for a second. It, when I say, which one will they choose, which one refers to some given random fucking coin or token, and they refers to the powers of be. You see, what you don't know about a lot of these crypto barons is that they kind of hope that their crypto gets chosen or at least a set of cryptos gets chosen when these central banks decide to, you know, normalize with them or whatever. This is part of the mythology of the whales. You know, you don't know this because they don't talk about it because they constantly talk up how empowering the blockchain is, the, the blockchain that never forgets a single fucking transaction you ever did, how empowering that is for you. But they don't talk about the fact that they kind of hope their version of the blockchain gets picked and every other version is outlawed. I want a free market for money. If crypto works, let it work. If gold and silver and bartering work and neo-bartering schemes, let that happen. My issue is don't tell people that they're stupid because they don't use your, use your money. Prove that your money works. People will come along. Believe it or not, they will. But the bottom line is, I don't want anybody choosing any aspect of any of the tools I use to get through life. Money is a tool, like a hammer or a saw. I don't want a special committee of hammers. I don't want a special sanctum of saws. Let me go buy my fucking tools. If they work, I'll buy them again. Let me use your fucking crypto. If it works, I'll use it again. That's me. I want to make my own fucking choices. If you tell me, well, Dan, you won't have a choice, I only have two words for you. Fuck you. I'll make choices about this bullshit to the day I die. Could be two months from now. Could be two years from now. 
I doubt it'll be 20 years from now. But until I die, I'll, yeah, I'll use whatever fucking tool I want to. And of course, if you're a dickhead and you want to play the status road and take your crypto down to the Eklis building and say, hello, pal, you go ahead and do that. You participate with the state. But stop with your anarcho-capitalist bullshit. Okay? You're just another neo-Stalinist freak using a magical Furby machine. Shut the fuck up. What did Dr. Freckles say? I want a free market for all things. Especially money. I want liberty for all. Especially cash. If I want to take a gold doubloon down to Hooker Alley and some hooker wants to get paid for screwing me all night long, shut the fuck up. Keep your wretched blockchain. Put your hookers on that. I'll use my gold doubloon. And I'll make Francine happy. Last topic. Um, one of the features of a good PSYOP, especially if the focus of the military psychological warfare operation, if the focus is on trauma, sometimes referred to as trauma-based mind control. One of the good features of a trauma-based mind control is consistent confusion and gaslighting. For example, I was on Izvestia, excuse me, Pravda, excuse me, Epic Times, sorry. I was on Zero Hedge uh, a while back, early in the morning, and they had two articles right next to each other, like one on top of the other. One article talked about some Russian legislator who wants to put people in camps and forcibly vaccinate them. And it was a pretty disgustingly tyrannical kind of thing. And right below it was the fact that it looks like Africa mostly has not been impacted by the monkey herpes. So in one article, you have an extreme response to something. In another article, you have fairly good evidence that maybe that something is, is either nothing or almost nothing, which eh, when it comes to pandemics is pretty much the fucking same thing. And, and give me your grandma bullshit because... I'd say you're a coward. You need to investigate that hospital, motherfucker. But yeah, right next to each other, that this extreme response article to the, the COVID is nothing. Now, why, why does this kind of propaganda work that way? Well, it's called tension. They don't really want you to settle on any spot very long. They want to constantly go through lockdowns and unlockdowns. They definitely want to have crazy bullshit about Australia. But on the other hand, they want to tell you that Florida's free. You can go to Florida. This is all part of the same bullshit. Okay? When you want to destroy something, heating it, cooling it, heating it, cooling it is a great way to do it because that will create thermal strain. That wide swing between hot and cold, lockdown, no lockdown, mass, no mask. The Trump trauma drama that pops up like a fucking mumbly pig mind fuck every 15 seconds. All these things are designed to be able to turn up the temperature and turn it back down again. 
And it does destroy people eventually, unless you turn it off, unless you say, this is bullshit, why the fuck do I want to listen to this madness? And I suppose that's where I'll end it. That's where I'll end this podcast, this official first new Anchor FM podcast, also hosted on Spotify until I am banned. And maybe I should be banned. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. It's like a question of, who am I? <laughs>